get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tanner Hendricks and I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. And right now we're happy to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by Katie Wu. She's the Cardinals insider for the athletic KSDK and for us here on 101 ESPN. You can follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. You could also find her piece from earlier today recapping uh, what was a frustrating weekend for the Cardinals and has been a frustrating start to the season over on the athletic. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. How you doing on a Monday morning? Hey, guys, well, I heard BK is really positive today, so that's already thrown me off to start the show. Uh, I'm doing fine, though. How are you? Throws us off, too, kid. Every time we walk in, he's like, hey, guys, how's it all going? Whoa, Cardinal's going to be great. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Didn't need that on a uh, on a Monday but at it's noon. Monday, everyone. <laughs> uh, Katie, let's let's kind of start with that. What is your reaction to the Cardinals three and six start to the season? Just like your 10,000 foot view, big picture sense. Where are you at on this team after the first nine games of the year? Well, okay, let's, let's start with the obvious. The start to the season has been suboptimal at best, right? No one over in that clubhouse is going to look at a three and six record. Yes. Against three potential playoff teams, uh, but still and say, Oh, you know, that's, that's kind of the start we wanted. We're right where we need to be. I think when you're the Cardinals and you yourself are proclaiming to be a playoff team, and I think the overwhelming consensus of baseball believes you to be a playoff team, and you go out and you are three and six against the Blue Jays, Braves, and Brewers, kind of like, well, that's not the start that you want. I am not pressing the panic button on this Cardinals team by any means, but I sure can, can look around the clubhouse and say this is not the start the guys were uh, hopeful or wanting to get out to. I think it's been a little perplexing on to why their start has been so uh, so shaky. But I still think, you know, we're only nine games in. It's still very early April. There are plenty of games to go. Uh, the start is not ideal, but I don't think we're, we should be riding off this Cardinals team by any means. So not hitting the panic button, and I'm with you. Tanner's with you. BK, the ultimate optimist, is with you here, Katie. But for the people that aren't, especially when it comes to the pitching staff, back them off the cliff a little bit. Why not hit the panic button on the pitching? No, I think that's a really good point on why, you know, there seems to be so much panicking about the pitching. It'd be one thing if the Cardinals went out and they just couldn't hit after a spring training where they showed that they pretty much had a one of the top offenses in baseball. If the Cardinals went out and they were three and six, but their rotation had gone out and shoved, you're thinking, oh, okay, this isn't that bad. You know, the rotation wasn't supposed to be that good, but here they are performing. The offense will come around. I think what makes the start to the season so frustrating from a fan perspective is because when you're a fan and you look at this team, you pinpoint the rotation as being the weakest, ass, uh, the weakest asset of this team, and they have one quality start through nine starts. Um, the pitching has not been great, as we know, and you're kind of like, 
see, we knew it. This pitching is not going to be good. This is going to be the most detrimental cause of the season. So I do understand. I will say, and I'm probably kind of beating a dead horse here, that the rotation has yet to even go two full turns. I thought Jordan Montgomery looked excellent. Um, I, I don't think there's any concern about Miles Michaelis or Steven Mass, honestly. I think there are, are some concerns about Flaherty and his fastball command, and we're not sure how long Jake Woodford will be in the rotation with Adam Wainwright coming back. I will say I didn't think Jake Woodford pitched bad yesterday. I thought he was fairly effective against eight of the nine hitters. It was just Willie Adamas that got him pretty good. So, yes, I understand the, the panicking about the rotation because we're coming into the season, it looked like to be the weakest link of this team. And through nine games, it has unfortunately lived up to that title. Um, but it's still so, so early. And I told you guys this before. It usually takes about three starts at the minimum to kind of decipher any narratives about this rotation. Doesn't help that they're going to course Field this week. Um, <laughs> but, but still, I think, I think we can grant them a little bit more grace. Uh, the one the one guy that there's always a narrative about, Katie, is Jack Flaherty. And he's almost like a tale of two different stories th- this year because on one hand, he has a one, what is it, a 1.8 ERA on the year. That's awesome. On the other hand, he struck out seven and walked 13. The, the command just has not been there for Jack so far. And it's specifically, it's his four-seam fastball that he can't seem to locate right now. In your conversations with Jack, with Ollie, being around the team, what is your level of optimism, if any, uh, that Jack's going to be able to get that back on track? I think it's concerning about Jack because it is his fastball command. And you ask any starting pitcher, if you don't have your fastball command, you ultimately don't have much. Uh, With Jack, who has historically, when healthy, been the strikeout guy, minimum walk, gets ahead and counts. Uh, and can pitch for ground ball contact, soft contact, can get the strikeout when needed. All of that off-speed stuff plays off his fastball. So if he doesn't have his fastball, that off-speed stuff is just not going to play as well, and you're not going to see the results that Jack or the team is expecting. You're going to instead see 13 walks and in 10 innings, and credit to Jack for being able to limit the damage. But the the pitch count, the overall ineffectiveness to be in the strike zone, his lack of ability to put hitters away, I think that is concerning. We talked to Jack on uh, Friday, and he said, you know, I'm going to figure it out. The walks are not me. I'm paraphrasing here, but he says, I'm not, I don't think I'm trying to nibble in the strike zone. I'm going to go over the start, look it over. It's still pretty fresh on my mind, but I'm confident I can figure these things out. So, again, not a huge concern about Jack, but when you look at fastball command, something that Ollie Marmel identified straight up early in the season as the thing that's going to make Jack click, you certainly hope he can find it by a third start of the season. On the other side of it, Katie, with the offense, and again, it's the spot that everybody was very positive about going into the season, and there have been a ton of bright spots, but what do you make of the team's recent struggles with runners in scoring position? Yeah, and I get that. I get the frustration there, too, just when you take in the overall body of work by the team, but I'm really not concerned about the offense at all. Um, I think if the Cardinals went through a little skit offensively and we were in June or July, I think the overwhelming consensus would be just chalk it up to that, to it being baseball. But because it's so early, because the offense has really yet to prove anything, I mean, they've only had nine games, so the, the sample size has been small. Um, it's easy to panic there. Uh, certainly, base is loaded, no outs in the eighth yesterday. You want to get a run there. In fact, if they didn't, I think, heighten the frustration. But this Cardinals offense is good. Uh, They rank in the top categories in almost all offensive categories. I think they have the third lowest strikeout percentage in baseball. They're just not hitting at the right time. That is baseball. I'm not saying it's not not frustrating because it is happening at a time where it seems like nothing is clicking for the team. 
But there are zero concerns about that offense. I mean, you think of the guys that they're rolling out every day. You know, Lars Newfar is on the IL. Um, Goldschmidt is always kind of a slow starter in April anyway. That worked out just fine for him last year, by the way. But I think when you're looking at the overall body of work and the depth, there really is only one or two guys there where you're not confident that can come up in a clutch situation. I think we talked about this last week. One through nine, one through 10, 11, even when you're looking at the bench position, those are all guys that you trust to hit. It'll come together. I'm, I'm per, like personally not really worried about the offense at all. Katie Wu is our guest here on BK and Ferrario. You can find her work over at The Athletic. Be sure to follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Katie, you mentioned that bases loaded, nobody out situation from yesterday in the eighth inning. I wanted to follow up on that because Ollie Marmel made an interesting move that I normally agree, or at least I could see the logic for most of the decisions that he's making in-game. I didn't see it with this one, and I'd be curious your perspective on it. He decided to pinch hit Taylor Motter for um, Brendan Donovan at the top of the lineup. He also had Dylan Carlson available in that spot, and we know Donovan doesn't really have splits either against right or left-handed pitching. He was going up against the lefty there. When you talked to Ollie, what was the explanation for that move? So I was out there to talk to Ollie in person after the game. I was boarding a rather loud Southwest flight. <laughs> but, yeah, so much fun, commercial flying. But in conversations that I had after, you know, separate with, uh, without the, the media post game, it just kind of was a matchup base. They like the probability from Modder. I don't understand, and this is not a knock on Modder by any means, uh, subbing Donovan in general. I think Brendan Donovan is not an overly splitty guy. Uh, he's pretty consistent there. But... Clearly, the Cardinals saw some metrics that weren't available, at least to the public eye at that moment. For me, I understand, you know, you want to be able to sub in for a defensive part after. Obviously, Dylan Carlson cannot play second base, so he can't sub in for uh, for Brendan Donovan there. But I think in the grand scheme of things, that, that move was just the cherry on top of a very frustrating, really weak for the Cardinals. And I, I think if the Cardinals had been, you know, seven and two or six and three, we probably wouldn't be talking about it as much. It just seems like the perfect storm of just unideal things for St. Louis lately. Uh, And you can see in that clubhouse that they're frustrated, but they aren't frustrated because they don't know what's going on. They're frustrated because they know that they're better than this and they're not capitalizing and doing damage when they want to and the counts that they want to, the chances that they have, that's where their frustration is. So Maybe they can reset in Denver. It's a good uh, good park to hit, as we know. Uh, and they also have a little bit of a reprieve in the schedule right now with the Pirates and Diamondbacks coming to St. Louis after. So we'll see. But I, I'm with you guys. It has not been a great start. I'm not panicking yet. When you're Certainly when you're the Cardinals, you expect to be a lot better than three and six to start the year. And I understand the frustration, but... Let's give them a couple more weeks to figure this out. Well, the one guy that has been capitalizing on every opportunity, Katie, has been Jordan Walker. And we discussed him earlier in the show, not so much just of what he's been doing, because uh, honestly, it's it's meeting expectations, although nine games uh, with a hit is pretty impressive. But I brought up the possibility of potentially moving him up in the lineup to where he could start seeing more at-bats. Would you be on side with that or think uh, keep him where he's at? You know, I think that's definitely something that the Cardinals could play around with, uh, perhaps in the near future. When Ollie Marmel debuted his opening day lineup, he said he liked putting Walker 8, one, because there's some protection there. Um, and two, because it's much easier for a rookie to be placed low in the lineup and work his way up than by putting him straight up number two to start the season. And if he struggles, you drop him down. So if Jordan Walker continues to hit at the Jordan Walker rate that he's doing, which is an every game rate, which is incredible then I could see the Cardinals definitely moving him up. They have the, the luxury of having such a flexible lineup 
with consistency and power again, one through nine. Uh, I do think I, I don't. I, it'd be interesting to see how Lars Newbar plays in that number two hole when he's healthy. Cardinals are going to back as early as Thursday. Um, I think a, uh, an array of factors will go into that, but I could certainly see Walker being moved up out of eight if he keeps hitting the way that he does. Uh, but uh, on the on the flip side, there, if you're the Cardinals and even six, seven, eight of O'Neill, Gorman, Walker. I can't remember the last time a six, seven, eight for the Cardinals roster was that impressive. And that is a huge boost for a team that already has Goldschmidt, Arnado, Contreras in the heart of the order. If you essentially have two through eight, I mean, there's not really a, a pitching staff that's going to be comfortable going around and pitching against the kinds of names in that lineup there. So I can see the argument for both sides, but I would not be surprised eventually if Walker's moved up in the lineup. I'm going to ask one question for our text line, Katie. We'll get you out of here on this. I'm guessing it won't require a long answer for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> is Ali Marmol a bad manager? No, no. And I, from the outside perspective, I'm seeing a lot of, oh, he lost the clubhouse. Oh, he shouldn't have met to Tyler. The Cardinal skid has nothing to do with how that played out with Ollie and Tyler. And I can understand why it's easy to, to connect that correlation. He's not a bad manager. He has the trust of his clubhouse. The whole honest foundation that he established when he first took over in 2022 that still rings true, and there's a lot of guys that have played a lot of baseball in that clubhouse that would much rather hear things straight up than have someone beat around the bush. I can understand the argument of, oh, maybe it shouldn't have played out in the media. Absolutely, but to think that he's lost the clubhouse or he's a bad manager, I think that's just an overall overreaction. The Jeff Albert angst has been repurposed on Ollie Marmol, and Great. I, I'm mad that I didn't see it coming. I'm surprised. I didn't see it coming. I'm surprised, Katie. I thought it was going to be Dusty Blake. Poor Dusty Blake. I actually asked a uh, post game after their Jordan Montgomery's quality star. I said, who smiles more today? Nolan Arnauto or Dusty Blake? I did not get an answer. I thought it was a good question. <laughs> Katie, we appreciate the time. As always, we'll be reading your work over at The Athletic and following along on Twitter at Katie J. Wu. Enjoy the, the games this week, and we'll talk with you again next Monday. Guys, you got it. Talk soon.